0: Chemical Watch Podcast.
1: Unlock the full value of your compliance and product stewardship with world leading insight and intelligence from Chemical Watch. To find out more or request a demo, visit chemicalwatch.com. Chemical Watch, intelligence to transform product safety. Hello, this is Lee Stringer, Global Business Editor at Chemical Watch, welcoming you to our very first news podcast hosted by members of the Chemical Watch team. Over the coming weeks, we hope the Chemical Watch News Podcast will provide you, the audience, with fresh insight into the biggest stories and developments taking place in the world of chemicals regulation and management. So for today's episode, I am joined in Washington, D.C. by Terry Hyland, who is Managing Editor of the Chemical Watch North America desk. I'm also joined in the U.K. by Geraint Roberts, Editorial Director of Chemical Watch we're going to focus today on two big stories which broke this week firstly a call by germany's trade bodies for a 6 month postponement of chemical regulatory deadlines in the wake of covid-19 and the second is the results of the us environmental protection agency's draft evaluation of perchloroethylene so turning first to germany garen can i ask you to tell us a bit more about the measures the german trade bodies are asking for uh, why they want them and more importantly what could be the outcome
0: Yeah, sure, thanks, Lee. Um, So this is a story which um, has actually evolved over the last um, few weeks and um, will probably not come as a great surprise to many people that given the impact of COVID-19 on uh, the economy and the upheaval that we've been going through, um, and are projected to continue going through for a while, um, industry is um, looking for, ways in which um, it can get through this uh, most effectively and one of those is whether or not there are areas of regulation where it needs more time in order to comply with um, uh, the legal requirements so uh, Germany which has um, Europe's biggest chemical industry of course um, there's a a, a sort of umbrella industry body uh, called the BDI the Federation of German Industries and and it wrote um on behalf of its various sector trade body members uh to the european chemical agency and to uh, dg's environment and grow in the in the european commission Um, and it it sort of gave it a sort of shopping list really of of regulatory deadlines um, which it said it would like to be um, postponed for a minimum period of six months which would take us to uh the end of september they they, they sent the letter at the end of march so um the things that um bdi were asking for several were um measures which um industry has made clear for some time it's unhappy with um in particular um the requirements to submit information on chemicals in products to the um, substances of concern in products database which ECHA is Uh, compiling Um, this is a major challenge in data collection for companies that make uh, complex products in particular sectors like aerospace automotive machinery engineering and so on Um, another um, request that they wanted um, uh, to to delay the, the deadline for was the inclusion of PFOA um, which is the a, a substance, actually, that is the subject of the Dark Waters um, documentary that um, appeared in cinemas recently, um, to bring that under regulatory control. And um, they wanted the uh, the deadline for compliance with that put back, which um, was originally due to come into force on the 4th of July this year. The, the The third thing that we've known about for a while is the submission of poison center notifications for mixtures for consumer use, where there's a deadline for The first of january next year now industry is saying all these three things were hard enough anyway but covid19 has made them even tougher and the reason that bdi gave is that said that staff that um, would be working on uh, you know producing the necessary information for these deadlines um, is being given additional tasks and being diverted to dealing with um new tasks which are related to the covid 19 crisis without being specific as to what those tasks might be now um before i mention the other things that bdi is asking for i should just say at this point that chemical watch um where we are not really hearing from our readers um that uh people in regulatory compliance are being um asked to stop doing their regular day-to-day jobs and and spend a lot of time uh, dealing with covid19 certainly people are having to perhaps it, provide information to colleagues on areas like um, advice on which hand sanitizers or disinfectants a company may need to buy in um, but nothing nothing significant so um that doesn't quite square with what with what we're hearing so far um and nor does this message uh chime particularly with what cefic the um european chemical industry trade body is saying where they've said um very recently that uh, they actually are not calling for any blanket delays they're advising their members to contact ECHA or the commission um you know on a sort of case-by-case basis if they come across any Issues um, such as finding it difficult to get test uh, data from labs. Um, you know, some labs may have had to close or cannot get the samples they need for for doing the testing. Um, these kind of issues, uh, you know, that are are going to crop up uh, on a case by case basis for sure. Um, but going back to what BDI has asked for, so I mentioned three things already. Uh, the skip database pfoa and poison center notifications um the surprising thing perhaps is the um it's also asked for delays to uh, seven other um areas of chemical regulation and these are all for um consultation deadlines or calls for calls for evidence and they pretty much cover every major part of reach um and the clp regulations so things like consultations on restrictions or on the addition of substances to the reach authorization list or uh, consultations on the identification of substances of very high concern um, and that i think may have raised um the odd eyebrow now they um when they they they, they had a reply of course from from ECHA, um and ECHA explained to bdi that um why it has a bit of it has a bit of wiggle room but there's not um, always uh, it doesn't have the power to uh, respond in the way BDI would like if it did think it was uh, merited so in a lot of uh, these cases the uh, the legislation um, sets uh, a a kind of timeline uh, with hard deadlines and ECA doesn't have the power to change those those can't be changed unless the primary legislation um is amended by a proposal from the commission and passed by the council and parliament so that's you know not a not a simple quick process however within these timelines echa does have the scope to um extend deadlines for particular um requests for information and that kind of thing so it might be able to change things from 30 days to 60 days for example um and has said that it will review the situation going forward and um and consider what it might do um so yeah those are the main things um yeah and and we've in in looking into this story um we were particularly interested in um the the views of the chemical industry um partly because of the the, the cefic position which was which was different that it doesn't want a blanket uh delay um so one of uh bdi's member organizations is vci which is the german chemical industry uh association and 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 yes they you know they've said yes they 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 back the bdi um call and they would like to see um a six month delay in all these areas um we've also spoken to a couple of uh german chemical companies um, just to see what they uh, think about this um basf um, gave us quite a nuanced um, uh, reply um it, it's um it, it certainly doesn't um uh, it, it certainly does see the the skip database regulate uh, information requirements as um a major challenge and and one that um it would be extremely difficult um, you know, regardless of COVID-19, um, but in terms of um, postponement of deadlines for consultations in areas such as reach restrictions, uh, it told us that well, it would depend on a on a particular consultation um, and the degree to which that might be affected by the COVID-19 crisis. So uh, slightly more nuanced, I would say. And the other point that I would just like to make is, you know. Coming back, Lee, to your question about uh, what could the outcome be on in in all of this. Um, that's that's not clear at this stage. The uh, the commission um, hasn't made a public statement um, on its its uh, stance on whether or not uh, a a wide ranging uh, delay policy should be brought in on these chemical uh, legislation deadlines um but it has told chemical watch that depending on how the coronavirus crisis develops we may revise our position so it's left the door open to doing something and i think perhaps um, a sign for us to look out for here is the uh the revised work program that the commission is um working on right now so um there are key elements within that work program Especially falling under the green deal package, which relate to chemicals, and that might um, uh, you know some observers um, expect that um, a few of the um, uh, the policy areas there and the and the actions will be will be um, delayed um, a bit. They don't think things will be dropped, but um, the sort of timelines could be stretched out a bit more so if that's the case um, and if that's what the commission um, decides to do um it, it makes it more likely perhaps that it would be willing to consider um trying to get uh more time for, for companies to comply with some of these other measures but how it would do it i don't know whether it could fast track amendment to primary legislation through the uh, eu institutions or whether it just discusses with ecca um you know what the maximum wiggle room within the timelines might be uh we'll have to wait and see
1: okay thanks Garrett. very useful to hear the the pinch points um, industry are feeling um amid COVID 19 but also the the responses from the regulatory authorities. something that we'll be going ahead and covering as it as it progresses um before we move across the atlantic um Geraint, can i I mean, you've touched on this briefly, but can you tell us how the stance of the German trade bodies compares with other industry associations in Europe?
0: Well, yeah, um I would say that to our knowledge at the moment anyway, we haven't seen other uh, countries um, making a similar um, request. There have been um some um, uh, some lobbying by organizations like business Europe for um uh, delays or postponement of uh, environmental measures but not specifically anything related to chemicals um and there are also signs of a um a sort of push um f- towards trying to get more um jobs and growth focused um you know industry friendly measures uh, and stance taken by the commission um that push being made by people like the um, ECR Conservative Group in the European Parliament, for example. Um, But but nothing um, uh, any more concrete than that at this stage. Um, And it's also worth noting that um, in France, the the, the National Federation UIC um, has chosen publicly, at least to present quite a a different message. Um, uh, It's um, produced some guidance for its members saying that um, uh, despite the COVID-19 situation continued compliance with reach is a fundamental necessity and and and, and points its members to the information pages on ECHA's website about um, the the changes that are being made now that's not to say that um, there are other conversations that might be going on informally or behind the scenes but certainly uh, you know on a public level that's um you know a different approach that's being taken there.
1: Okay, thank you, Garen. Okay, so now let's turn to the US. Uh, we have Terry Hyland. Terry, can I ask you to talk us through the key findings of this draft review of perchloroethylene, which I believe is it's used very widely from dry cleaning applications all the way down to industrial degreasing. Uh and could you tell us also uh what, what the implications for industry could be?
2: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Lee. So, yeah, as you talked about, EPA recently released its draft. TOSCA Risk Evaluation for Perchloroethylene, or PERC for short. And PERC was one of the first 10 substances that EPA subjected to its risk evaluations under the reformed TOSCA law. It was also the last of the 10 to have its draft risk evaluation released. And in that evaluation, EPA identified about 60 different conditions of use or different ways that PERC is used that might present an unreasonable risk to human health or the environment. And those uses included using it as a dry cleaning solvent, as you've mentioned, in industry as a degreaser to dissolve things like grease or oil from hard surfaces or metals, as a reactant, and in adhesives, and that includes some consumer uses, such as in arts and crafts. And the primary health effects from perk exposure were neurological, and some studies have kind of fleshed that out a little bit, and those neurological effects can include things like dizziness, headaches, and impaired cognitive and motor functions. And then on the environment side, EPA also identified risks to some aquatic organisms. Now, of course, the question is, what does all that mean? So if these preliminary findings are then upheld in EPA's final risk evaluation, and that would come after a 60-day public comment period and a scientific peer review process, then the Tosca law requires EPA to go straight to a rulemaking process and come up with ways to mitigate those risks. So that means regulations. And TSCA also requires EPA to come out with a final rule uh, on those identified risks within two years, which is pretty fast for EPA or really any federal agency. And those regulatory requirements could be anything from simple warning labels, talking about perks, potential hazards, to limitations on different uses, to an outright ban on the use of PERC in certain applications.
1: Right, thanks, Terry. Um, so some some interesting implications there and and uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, getting this evaluation finalized is one of a number of big deadlines coming up in June. I'm just wondering if you could shed a little light on, on that.
2: Yeah, and the short answer is there's an awful lot coming up in the next few weeks. So just sticking with PERC, in late May, you have a, that scientific peer review meeting on the draft evaluation. Towards the end of June, most likely, will be the deadline for public comments on that draft evaluation. And then on the 19th of June, the final risk evaluation for PERC is due. And the 19th is also the due date for all of the rest of those first 10 TOSCA final evaluations. But EPA has said that a couple of those may slip, and PERC, as well as asbestos, Maybe be two of those that go past the deadline as they were the last two to see their draft risk evaluations released. But that is not all for May and June. EPA has also started the process to review the next 20 high priority substances, and EPA has put out documents that outline what the scope of evaluations will look like. Comments on those draft scopes, which came out in, the, in two batches, are due on the 26th of May and also on the 8th of June, depending on the substance. And then the 27th of May, another deadline looms. That one's for companies to self-identify to the EPA that they're responsible for paying a portion of the $1.3 million fee that comes with each of the EPA-initiated risk evaluations. And the month of June also represents the beginning of the reporting window for the TSCA Chemical Data Reporting Rule. Now that rule requires companies to report every four years certain information on chemicals that they produce in relatively high volumes. And of course, we can't forget PFAS. Uh, EPA is hard at work to complete a uh, significant new use rule or SNR for certain long chain PFAS substances. And that rulemaking has been in the works for five years now, but it is finally due to be finalized. And that deadline or due date is the 22nd of June. So a lot going on in the the next few weeks.
1: Yes, absolutely. Clearly uh, heading towards a crucial point in the calendar. Thanks, Terry. Um, well that's all we have time for today uh, so a big thank you to terry and geraint uh, for sharing their thoughts and knowledge with us today uh, and thank you the audience for listening to today's episode our very first podcast uh, we hope you enjoyed the first chemical watch news podcast if you would like to find out more about the topics from today's discussion uh, head over to the chemical watch website at chemicalwatch.com uh, we hope you you join us again for next week's chemical watch news podcast Uh, and you can be sure not to miss it by signing up Uh, on behalf of the chemical watch team have a great week goodbye unlock the full value of your compliance and product stewardship with world leading insight and intelligence from chemical watch to find out more or request a demo visit chemicalwatch.com chemical watch intelligence to transform product safety
0: Chemical Watch Podcast.